You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One common attribute among all artists, no matter whether you are designing, writing, acting, is a sense of boldness, a, a confidence that comes through. And as you could hear in the first part of our conversation, Carrie Bernans is not one to hold back. She is one that gives 100% each and every time. And one of the things that is truly remarkable about her is that she goes off in so many different directions and never leaves a stone unturned, which in turn creates so many opportunities for her. I was just super confident, although I wasn't 100% all the way there, but I was posting videos and people saw it and people started referring me to jobs and I didn't know they were doing this. I, I didn't know until after I got the call for Black Panther. Hi there, and welcome back to Why I'll Never Make It, a weekly podcast featuring fellow creatives telling their own stories of struggles and setbacks, but also what keeps them going in this business. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, an actor and singer for almost 30 years. The website is whyillnevermakeit.com. And this conversation with Carrie is sponsored by We Audition, an online video community for actors allowing them to rehearse, record self-tapes, and meet casting directors and other industry professionals. For 25% off a membership, all you have to do is sign up for the WinMe newsletter to get your exclusive promotional code only available to listeners of this podcast. You can sign up at whyillnevermakeit.com. For the second half of my conversation with Carrie, we'll actually be getting into our shared experiences of using We Audition. And we'll also get into some of the travels that she's had around the world and the stereotypes that she's met at times, both abroad and here in America. But first, we talk about upbringing. Though Carrie Bernan's career has gone off in many different directions, it all started back in her childhood being on stage. And this is one area that Carrie and I share in common. We both got our start doing church plays and presentations and taking those first steps as a performer in a very comfortable and supportive community. I was like a part of every church I've been to, their dance department and their Easter Sunday plays and stuff. So I would say that was my, my first start was in the church. And then the second start was like in the school theater plays and stuff like that. And then after that, um, after 
high school, I also did theater in college. And then I did some ballet in college. And then I got cast in a couple of community theater plays and musicals, although I don't really sing. Um, but <laughs> I guess that was good enough to <laughs> make it. I don't know. I think I need to just do some voice training. So that was like my initial start. And I, I love theater so much because you just you do the same thing and then you just get better and better and better. And and it's just so much fun because you're playing with people and you're living in this bigger, more than life imaginations and just like it was just bringing things to life. So that was my initial start. And then I um, did um, Single Ladies on VH1 with Stacey Dash and Lisa Ray when I was in Atlanta one summer in college as well. And that was my like first time on like an actual TV set. And then it kind of grew from there. Did you find that on camera just clicked with you more so than theater? Yeah, it definitely did. I think, I mean, theater clicks with me too. Because I think I am, I'm very loud and just like very theatrical. You're only slightly dramatic. I, I wish you would kind of pump it up a little bit more, Carrie. <laughs> oh, do you want me to really pump it up? Oh my god! <laughs> but TV was also just really fun, and I was just like, oh my god, it's so cool. But TV, I had to learn how to like tone it down a bit, be more quiet and more intimate. TV was an adjustment, but I did find like TV and film was much more fun for me. And it moves a lot faster, too, than theater does, um, which I really love. And you can do more and you can explore more and play with more characters. As I mentioned in part one, it was actually the CEO of We Audition, Darren Darnborough, who introduced me to Carrie. So I wanted to take a little time out to talk to Carrie about how she found out about We Audition, what it's meant to her, and how she uses this online community to further her own craft and career. Yeah, I discovered We Audition, I think when they were really just the startup where they first came out. I think I've known Darren since they started it. And I don't remember where exactly I was at. Maybe I saw something online and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I got on and I started using it. and then. I think Darren reached out to me and then he started putting me as like an MVP and stuff like that. So I became like more engaged with it. And I love We Audition. I think it's it's definitely helped me a lot um, because I would audition a whole lot. And sometimes my friends wasn't getting the same amount of auditions I was getting. So I felt bad asking them to help me with an audition that they were not auditioning at the moment. So it was great to go to this online resource to meet other actors and to get their help with an audition. And they had no tie to me, I guess you could say. They just wanted to practice reading or scripts or acting themselves. And it just has been such a brilliant platform for me to use. And what other ways besides just auditioning have you been able to use it? Yeah, I've met with casting directors on there. They have these coffee hour kind of sessions where you can meet casting directors for, you know, a five to 15 minute conversation. I've also met um, a couple writers on there. I also have used it to just like breaking down other stuff like that I'm writing and having actors read it on there my, themselves, like putting my stuff on there. Um, and I've also built some incredible friendships. I went to Sundance last year. And I, we auditioned, co-sponsored a house. So it allowed us premium access to like this really nice house. And then a part of the package that we paid, we auditioned also provided a publicist, which allowed us to get into more events that we were doing. And the friendships that I 
um, made within the house was definitely like a big win that I've now taken into like 2021 with me. And I still talk with a lot of these friends. What makes We Audition different from other online auditioning platforms that you've used? I would say the community. We Audition has built a community that's unlike any other. To me, the most important thing that you can have in your acting career to continue to focus and keep your head going forward is a community. Community is everything. And We Audition has built this platform where you can be comfortable and confident with practicing your auditions as well as like they're super socially connected. And then they have these meetups and these Zoom calls and people reach out to each other. And for me, it just, it, I, it might be the comfortability to fail in front of your friends and not be judged. It might be also that they've built this place that is um, very actor forward and inspirational and always offering tips and resources to help you move forward in your career which, I mean, I haven't used a whole lot of other platforms, but I have seen them. And I think, I'm honestly, Darren and Richard has just made such an impact with the way they've built their community with We Audition. And have you gotten a chance to be a reader as well for others? Yeah, I, I've read for others a couple of times. I, I, <laughs> I feel bad. Like, honestly, I get so many auditions and I do so much that it's so difficult for me to be a reader for other people because unless... It's like a, a close friend of mine. I would 100% do it. If it's JD or it's Ashley or Chelsea, people that are extremely close in my circle, yeah, I'll stay with them an hour and read with them because they also do that for me over the last few years. But um, I've done I've done a reading side a couple times because my schedule is very limited that I I don't have time to be on, or online all day long and be readers for people. I mean, that, that's a good problem to have. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, why would you recommend we audition to others? Because it is a platform that you can bring your scripts, auditions, have a reader that reads with you, breaks down, do some scene analysis. A lot of these people have been in classes for years, so they're going to offer a new perspective or a different some a different um to add to you know your your audition. Almost everybody I've read with has been absolutely amazing. I read with them and I'll be like, oh my God, I've only read this once, but my audition is later today or it's tomorrow. And I'm like, first off, don't freak out. And almost everybody tells me that. They're like, don't freak out. We got this. And they, everybody just has this super affectious energy and they're incredible. Even one girl, oh my God, this one girl, she was so sweet. Um, and I just needed a reader to get the lines out of my mouth and she was reading with me, but I heard her dead in the background. You need to go to bed. And I was like, oh, my God, is she like 17, 18 or something? He's like, get off of we audition. And I'm like, oh, my God. I tell her, no, it's OK, girl. Go do your thing. It's OK. I don't need any more help. And then she's like, no, no, no. F him, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to be in the middle of this drama. <laughs> oh, and she's like, she's like, no, we're going to get these words. Do it again. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're so bossy, but I like it. So I'm like doing it again. So like I hear him, he's like, you got two minutes. And I'm like, girl, go. And she's like, no. And then he, I see him coming to the camera and I'm like, oh my God, is he like, is he going to hit her or something? But he's not, he's just like, he's just telling her like, you got to get offline. Or, and I was like, he is so bossy. I really did not like that. But there's not much I could do besides I love the fact that she really wanted to stay and help me. And I was like, you're amazing. So I gave her an extra big tip. But I just was like, I'm to her. I'm logging out. You got to go. I'm sorry. 
Good. <laughs> and she's like, okay, thank you. Bye. I'm so sorry about that. No, don't worry about it, girl. I was like, you were just brave for keep going. I don't even understand why. You don't have to do this. You know, this is totally voluntary. I gave her extra money because I was like, you need to get out of that house, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that is obviously not the normal experience when uh, when working with the reader, that's for sure. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten to use it a couple of times, and I will say that that's one thing that I really like. It is a, a truly objective assessment of, hey, let's try this line, or you know, sometimes they'll offer a suggestion about, oh, what if you saw it this way or read it this way? So it, it, it can be a, just another pair of eyes and another brain to think about a scene in a different way. Yeah, 100%. To me, it makes it so much more of a human experience versus just a one-time quick service and provide other resources that are very helpful, which like, you know, meeting casting directors or getting your resume together you know, Monday tips or Wednesday wisdom and stuff like that. And apart from introducing me to Carrie, Darren also is offering a special 25% off to listeners of this podcast. So you can try out We Audition and take advantage of all the different services and opportunities provided on the site. Just go to whyillnevermakeit.com, sign up for the WinMe newsletter, and you'll immediately get a promo code for 25% off a membership. And the We Audition community isn't just Americans. There are actors and performers from all over the world, which is certainly something that Carrie knows a little something about. Having traveled to so many countries in Europe and in Asia, speaking six different languages. I mean, I've traveled around a lot and know a phrase or two here in this country or that country, but I certainly am not fluent in any language except English. But for Carrie, traveling around has given her so many rich experiences that have not only made her a great entrepreneur and businesswoman, but has also deepened her wealth of knowledge when it comes to being a performer. So I lived in China for a year because I was in college and I was like studying international economics as well as Chinese. And I went there mainly to study, but I ended up getting there in my like first day or two. I ended up getting poached by a modeling agency. And before you know, I started acting there and commercials and all this stuff. And then I went to Dominican Republic for work, actually. I was so thankful. I worked on a TV show called The Island there, and it was absolutely incredible. And then I also worked on, in Montreal, on X-Men. I've been to Mexico a few times just for, like, travel and for fun. And then the other countries, like West Africa, because I wanted to go and to just understand my, like, African heritage and culture more. And then I also filmed there. I filmed in France, as well as I studied in France, too, for about six months, um, French, as well as international economics, Germany, studied there, London, studied there as well, did theater there, studied economics there. All the other countries were for m- more for just travel, like Budapest, all of Eastern Europe. I've been a lot of places. I- <laughs> it sounds like a lot of your travels have been for, for study and for learning. You've certainly done some work in, in different places, but it sounds like a lot of these are to to gain more knowledge. I, I love learning. I am obsessed with learning and getting better and becoming more well-rounded and educated and just like seeing perspectives from other people's view. Like, I can't get over that. 
and has so many more places I want to go to. I'm like, I want to go to Egypt. I want to see the pyramids. I also want to go to Thailand and swim in the ocean and eat the Thai food. So I'm like, ah. No, I'm I'm a travel person as well. And I've been to a lot of different countries myself, mostly for work, thankfully. So I, I was actually being paid to be there. But there's just so much outside of the U.S. I, you know, I love being here and there's a lot of opportunities that the U.S. provides. But there's just so many other different ways of thinking, different ways of, of, of culture, food. There's just a lot out there to experience. Yes, it is. It is. I'm actually, I've been working on a children's book called Beyond the Street. Um, and I'm in like one of the final drafts for it. And I think it's important for people to go beyond their street, beyond their neighborhood, beyond their city, state, country they live in. And I think that I love to hear that you travel so much and that you're so well-versed because I feel like so many Americans that I've run into before I decided to go to China, so many people tried to convince me not to. And hmm. why, they, why were they trying to do that? They said, it's a communist government. Oh my God, they might, they're going to take your passport or they're going to ask you for your ID every day or you got to be careful. Like there's censorship, this, that, and the next. And I went to China and not one time did they ask me for my passport. Not one time did I ever get locked up or anything. And I was like, I wasn't wild in China because I was such a good girl, but I was also just like, I was out in China till like four in the morning sometimes. Like I was doing a lot of things where I saw Chinese police and just like, man, I made friends with the government there. I was teaching them English. Like, <laughs> so it was like, it was a completely different experience for me. Yes, there are places where, you know, we have to we have to watch ourselves because sometimes Americans, you know, we can have a target on our back. But I think if you get to know the people, if you integrate yourself and and actually connect with the people, then it becomes a much different experience. A hundred percent. And you know what? That's my next thing that I would lead to say is that so many people get a little afraid, I guess, because everybody is speaking Chinese, for example, in China. Like I took it upon myself. I was already going to go there and learn Chinese, but I took it upon myself to practice Chinese every day when I saw a Chinese person. But they loved it. It wasn't disrespectful or anything. But I think that you have to get out of your comfort zone when you go to other countries to learn about their culture or to be to emerge yourself and also be careful. But but try to learn, you know, something new from a different perspective. You can't do the same thing over and over and expect different results and have the same view on life because then you'll be in the same place. And then you'll just leave the country and be like, what did I learn? Or what did I learn about this culture? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that actually makes me think, as you were saying that, was there ever a time, because you seem like a very bold and outgoing person and you're going to experience this and experience that. Did it ever lead you in a certain situation was like, uh-oh. Maybe this isn't where I need to be. I might have gone too far. Yeah, for sure. Because especially like I'm in my mid-20s now, but when I felt like when I was younger, like in my late teens, early 20s, I was so naive, man. I I was naive in like Germany. I was naive in China, like a lot of places. And I was just like so friendly to everybody. But a couple of times there were some weird situations where I would be like, oh my God, these people like in China, it's kind of disrespectful if you're at like a business meeting to turn down a drink. So I was drinking and because I was American and because these people wanted to trust me before doing business with me or hiring me for their campaign, they kept offering me more and more shots. So I mean, I probably took like 10, 11 shots. And I mean, I'm like 20, 21. I don't remember. 
And I was like, I'm sure you don't remember much after 10 or 10 <laughs> <laughs> shots. Yeah. But I did. I was still conscious enough to be like, hold up, time's out. I, I need to be careful. And then they invited me back to like one of their places. And there's like some women there. But then once the women start disappearing, there's all these men. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? So I just pretended like, oh, I'm so sick. I have to go. I'm so sorry. And I just was like, Carrie, how did you get in this situation in the first place? place like what are we doing what are we doing you know then you have these like wake up calls to yourself or just like going to these random like things because you want to see what's going to happen but you know it's like a little scary and your gut's telling you not to do it but you're like I'm defying all the odds I got this and then you're like oh no I'm seeing stuff I don't want to see <laughs> yeah the, the closest I did with that was living in Vegas and you know you you kind of find your limits when it comes to drinks when it comes to staying out when it comes to certain places you kind of find I now have a line and this is that <laughs> Yeah. And you got to create some boundaries too. Like, I think you have to, I realized too, one of the things is people tell me I'm very friendly, but I'm like, I'm friendly, but I also have um, discernment. And um, I, I often just feel like some of my friendliness comes off as flirting to some people, I guess, in some countries. And also this obsession in some countries about like black women and, um, sexual stuff like all these people have these like fantasies and somehow I fall into some of these people's fantasy dreams and they start telling me this stuff and I'm like (gasps) and I didn't realize that that was the initial point of our friendship or conversation or whatever it is and then once these things come out I'll be like okay time's out how do I reverse this so this person's not mad at me while I'm stuck in this other country but also create this boundary you know and it's just like this very weird situation I'm like oh my god Carrie what are we doing (gasps) Yeah, that's an interesting situation that your your skin color being black would be a cause of, of being a fetish or being like, like, how does that feel? Uh, you know, it's uh, at first I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, dang, people fantasize about black women all over the world because it does. It happens literally all over the world from Budapest to China to Russia, all, all these places. But at the same time, it's kind of disrespectful. Like, yo, you know, black women are more than just sex, right? We're powerful. We're creative. We're leaders. We are mothers. We are dynamic individuals. And to me, like, if you're just trying to be my friend because you think like I'm a part of your fantasy, you got the wrong thing coming because first off, I'm not that girl. And second off, like what in the world? Like you're people are just very jaded. But the problem is, is that in most of these countries, um, people's perspectives of how they see a culture is just based off of what they've seen on TV or listened to on um on through music. Because even my experience in Lavia um, with my ex, one of his friends came up to me and was like, What's up, my nigga? And I was like, What the oh, excuse me? Like, and my my ex had to jump in and like, yo, like he said, you know, in Russian, like, you cannot say that, blah, 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 blah what are you doing blah 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 and he's like oh i'm so sorry carrie i heard this because the wayne's rap song and i just thought it would be a nice way to greet you blah 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 and i'm like nah you can't say that like (laughs) you know but this is how he was taught it was taught through music because he's only seen like very few tv shows with black people on it i guess i had to educate him through my experiences you know so 
I educate a lot of people all over the world. I feel like I'm an educator. <laughs> you're 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 a black ambassador, so to speak. Yeah, I am. I literally have to be. I'd be like, yo, no, you can't do that. You can't say that. And what is this? No, no, time's out. Uh, I can wear this like the other people can. Everybody can wear this. Does that ever make you think about how you're perceived here in America as well? Mm, that's a great question. No, but kind of yes. I would say like Americans are a little bit more just depending on where you're located right in America, because in some like deep South America, they're still really jaded and they only see like black people as less than them. And then you come to California where they kind of see black people as equals in some ways. And in some ways you see like, you know, discrimination within like um, pay and stuff like that in the behind the scenes. But front of the scenes, I feel like I'm treated more, you know, um, more equal, more equal. But there definitely is some guys that I like been on dates with that tells me like, oh, I've never... I never been out with a black woman before or but I always wanted to do it like it's a thing. I'm like, shoot. So hold up. Are you using me for this date? So you have a black experience? I'm confused. But I'm just like, well, I guess everybody needs a little a first first black experience. I don't know. So I I don't often run into these situations, but in some moments I do because I meet a lot of people that's been a private school their entire lives or they've just been very jaded on their experiences and they do have like these fantasies of like oh I heard black women do this better or whatever and I'm just like oh my god what the heck like leave me alone (laughs) yes people need to be educated that is for sure yes yes Well, this has been uh, an absolute joy to get to know you and to get to talk to you. So thank you so much, Carrie, for being on the podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Patrick. It was such a pleasure meeting you and speaking with you and getting to know you more. To be quite honest, I could have sat down and talked with Carrie for hours on end about the different stories she's experienced both abroad as well as here in America. So if you'd like to get to know Carrie just a little bit more, as always, there's the final five bonus episode where I ask Carrie the five final questions. Bonus episodes like that are available to anyone who supports this podcast. You can find out more at join.whyillnevermakeit.com. And to learn more about Carrie's foundation, CBC, do check the show notes for links to her website and foundation page. Well, thank you so much for joining me and Carrie for part two of our conversation. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, the writer, producer, editor of All Things Podcasting. Music in this episode provided by Blue Dot Sessions. Why I'll Never Make It is a part of the Helium Radio Network and a member of the Broadway Makers Alliance. Come back next week as Women's History Month continues with Dr. Broadway, Kristen Stoltz-Presley, as we talk more about why I'll never make it.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.